It's good to have you back, Barry. Uh, for those listeners that don't know who you are, give me a quick, uh, give them a quick rundown. Who who are you? Yeah, cool. It's great to be back, Carl. It's been a while since uh, we we got on one of these. But my name is Barry Lee Cummings, and uh, I do a number of different things. But one of the things I I work with is my initiative called Beat the Cyberbully. So I go into schools and I talk to young people, mums and dads, about cyber safety awareness and and using the internet and technology as safely as possible. So I'm a massive technology fan, and uh, I'm, I'm very interested in where technology is going and and what it's doing for us. Because I also have a digital marketing uh, agency small one where we focus on seo and we built a tech platform called cobabble as well and uh, and i've got involved in another digital business called contractors direct so technology is my world i'm by no means an expert but it's my world is where i spend a lot of time and uh, and i'd like discussing how we can leverage the technology as, as best we can. And from the Beat the Cyberworthy perspective, it's really to help young people especially navigate this world that we've chosen to bring them into of screens and digital tablets and you know social media and all of this kind of stuff. And uh, they're getting themselves into situations that are pretty horrific in some cases and as much as we can do to help them make some better decisions online and also help mum and dad catch up with them or at least stay in touch with them then that's my core focus would be the cyber bully and that's exactly why i like having you on the podcast because your opinions matter a lot especially with your your methods and techniques and what you teach to students mums dads and and teachers uh and on today's show we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence the good the bad is it good is it bad what's your opinion on it um i think it's a hot topic at the moment because we are at the age now where it is accessible we are already implementing it into our daily lives into our work lives which is what i wanted to ask you a few questions today about is uh, on what capacity are you using it uh, professionally and and personally and so that's the topic for today. So we'll dive deep. We don't have too long, so I, but I imagine we can go on for ages talking about this topic. So we'll, we could. we'll come back. <laughs> yeah, definitely good. And uh, so, yeah, I think having said that, I'm going to start off with asking you, are you currently using anything related to AI? Um, yeah, I think like the rest of the world, I've, uh, I've clocked into chat GPT uh, as it went nuts and everybody started hearing about it. it it caught my eye obviously and I thought oh that's interesting um so I, I I delved into it just to find out what exactly we were looking at because if you were to which I don't advise you do at all is accept what you see in social media and mainstream media as the uh, as the the truth as it were um you'd think this is this is changing everything that it's going to come in and, and we can utilize it for so many things which we can but I also wanted to just check well you know what what is it actually is it is it really a game changer or is it a really really good aggregator um, which is what it seems to be when it comes to chat GBT. It's a great aggregator of content. So for the content marketers out there and uh, the marketing people, it's a fantastic tool because you can ask it to create lists. You can come up with recipes for everything. And, and uh, I've, I've borrowed that, you know, people are pushing out there on social media, all these recipes that you can put in, what operators to utilize to get it to work for you. 
Um, but it's still limited in terms of what it can get for you. And there's also still some limitations because, um, as you've probably seen and some of the listeners have, there's certain questions you ask it that it, it doesn't answer because the human beings behind it have prevented it from doing so. And again, you can get into the ins and outs of the left, mm-hmm. the right, and et cetera, et cetera, and what it's allowed to say and what it's not allowed to say about certain people. But from a professional perspective, definitely using it for an ideas generation perspective, because I have heard of some people who were really mesmerized by this, looked at it and thought, this is incredible, would ask it to write school essays, the reports, blog posts, all of this kind of stuff without checking it. And that's that's the first mistake, because if you just tap something into ChatGPT or any of the other uh, equivalents, because they're all coming out now, Microsoft, Microsoft's invested in OpenAI, Google's coming out with another one, which I can't remember the name of right now. So it's happening, you know, that this, this snowball is moving. But you, you've got to check what it comes up with to make sure that it's also what you wanted to say. Because as soon as ChatGPT was launched, I think it was a young man, one of the Ivy League universities looked at it and goes, oh, that's bad. And so he designed an app where you can put the content that ChatGPT creates into his app and it will tell you whether or not it's regurgitated or it's original. So again, from a school education perspective, if you put the title of your essay into ChatGPT, it churns out what looks like an amazing essay. You copy and paste it and submit it. These schools are now putting it through his technology and coming back to you saying, actually do the work, please, Barry, because that's just uh, ChatGPT. <laughs> so as soon as it gets into it, people are finding ways of of coming up um, uh, against it. Again, as it were, not against, that's the wrong word, but th- there are ways that it can be used for incredible shortcuts to get to a point where you can say, okay, I didn't have to come up with all those ideas. ChatGPT or an equivalent AI did. Now I can build on those ideas. That's where I see there's a huge value in this. Yeah. Just taking whatever it spews out as read, that's a dangerous game. Yeah, it's almost like an assistant. I mean, for the capacity I've used it so far was to give it some commands or instructions to assist me with making a presentation mm-hmm. or a proposal for something or a pitch. And it would come back with something that I would be like, wow, do I, do I need to pay you for that now? Or, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, at least say thank you because what it did come back with, I'm not going to lie, 10 times better than what I could have come up with in that space of time. Um, and I have blindly copied and pasted, you know, some stuff. And then, then I've realized, well, wait a second, that's not my, my personality showing through on that. So I will change a bit here or there. So then I've used it as inspiration and changed what I needed to. And that's just now. So, and what, from what you were explaining on those other guys usage of it, uh, this is, this is still in its early stages. This is what we have access to now. Imagine in the future, maybe even five years when it's advanced even more, what kind of automated commands can be done or uh, coding can be attached to or algorithms that we can attach to anything open source? Absolutely. And and it is just the beginning and it's fascinating because of what we can already do. And it's just, just literally opening the door. But as you said, in five years, 10 years time, this will be a normal part of our everyday you know, companies like Microsoft don't offer up, I think it's a hundred billion investment that they're putting into open AI if they don't think this is going to fly. And so did this just, is going to be- Did you just some... say a hundred billion? 
I'm pretty sure it's 100 billion is is what they've agreed to invest in OpenAI, which is the company that owns ChatGPT over in the next um, number of years. Oh. Don't quote me on this. It's either 100 billion or 10. It must be 100. Yeah, I think it's 100 billion. Man, because, I thought 1 billion was a big number. 100 billion yeah. is insane. Insane. And so again, it's just in, indicative of what the people in the know know and what mm. opportunity they see for this. Because you, you think about the idea of smart, technology and, and now oh that was not many people would have a an alexa or smart light bulbs or a nest thermostat and that's pretty commonplace and, and everyone's mm -hmm. doing it and everyone's turning on their ac from home before they get back to the uae they're turning it off they're making sure it's on and they're making sure the lights are coming on so that people think there's somebody in the house and it's pretty commonplace but again you only have to go back i don't know 10 15 years and and if you somebody said oh yeah i've got this they said oh wow new cool you've got a, an alexa or a dot or you know google home or something in there and now it's almost commonplace and the same thing is going to happen with ai and things like chat gpt but it's going to happen even faster because what we've seen is is these jumps which have been in many cases monumental have happened in a much much shorter period of time if you go back in time through evolution of you know from horse to car to radio tv internet and everything is happening in a shorter, shorter, shorter period of time. Yeah. I think it was, you know, a million users on ChatGPT within the first hour of it being launched. Uh, and you know, to get to a million subs on uh, YouTube or a million subscribers on Instagram or a million users of the radio and the TV, it took a lot longer. <laughs> you know, there's there was, it was a meme that was out there. But yeah, it was an hour for a million, a million people to jump on it and check it out. And that's why everybody was getting those messages saying, our servers are, are falling down. Yeah, I got is... it the other day. It's still yeah. happening now. You know, I, I yeah. used it in the first few days, a couple of weeks ago before I recorded a podcast uh, with Miguel from Eventigrate uh, talking about the same topic. So right. I was doing a bit of research before then and I got into chat GPT and, and uh, after realizing how helpful it was, I came back to, it, I think, on the fourth or fifth day because I was like, well, you know, I might as well use this to uh, aid me in my in my work. And yeah. then it just gave me that message. We're receiving a high volume of users. Uh, type in your email to be notified when basically we'll give you some attention. Get back on. Yeah, yeah. And then you just go off when you come back five minutes later and you can get straight back in again. But it's uh, it's also a testament to how how many people are taking it on. It was also something, and again, I don't know the number, but that, if you go and research it, their cloud computing invoice is massive mm -hmm. in terms of how much it's costing them to be able to host all of this and then the data processing power to be able to go off and evaluate, collect, correlate, and evaluate data to produce a list or a blog post or an essay or a report or a slide in milliseconds. I mean, it's huge what what's yeah, being required imagine. there. And uh, what I also find interesting is it's it's just reinforcing that knowledge retention these days. It's not really an important skill to have. We don't need mm. to. Uh, as, you know, when we were at school and we were tested on regurgitating information, why? What's the point? You don't need to because now with a simple voice command, you can get billions and billions of petabytes of data to your phone mm -hmm. where more than you could ever retain and give you the information so that's not where the skill set lies anymore it's about how do you interpret what is being served up to you so yeah. quickly and use and what it questions you can ask yeah yeah and it's always about questions it's always you know people always get stuck on people's advice and whatnot but you can tell somebody's 
levels of of intuition and intelligence by the questions that they ask and, and yeah. listening to the questions is actually way more important so there are some people out there asking some really cool questions of chat gpt and it's coming up with some really interesting answers not just around technically but also just around humanity you know and emotion and, and processing those things where again inevitably the the conversation moves to um you know can, can it be sentient and all of this kind of stuff but it's interesting and it's a little ways off but it is interesting the answers it comes up with and you ask about you know what what is love and how does this work or what is a relationship and human things human emotions and and, mm. and how it it's interpreting data to to come up with an answer for that it's fascinating and again it's fascinating for me i think it's scary for some people because they do look at it as like, oh the machine is coming it's going to take over it's taking over our jobs it's going to take over this can take over the world it's you know skynet equivalent from, mm-hmm. from terminator kind of thing i was wondering um, when that uh, phrase was going to turn up <laughs> yeah and i mean it is the movies it. tell us all don't they there's a lot yeah. of inspiration we can get from the movies i've got a lot of references i pay a lot of attention to to the messages the scripts and the and the subliminal and hidden messages that are written within them as well and what they mean to me so you know terminator was released what almost over 20 years ago now i think Obviously. 80s yeah, it was, was 80s, it 80s? Yeah. 80s yeah, yeah. yeah so and that that was giving us uh, the heads up even back then and yeah. like you said, in most technology, it's inevitable. It's it's not how we can uh, prevent it from happening. It's how we can learn to live with it. Um, and Star Wars comes to my mind a lot with the with the droids that they use in all of their day to day stuff: farming, wars, battles, everything that you see in the Star Wars franchise. Um, it's again, it's just how you choose to interact with it. I mean, talking about um, emotions and whether the AI itself in whatever platform, let's just talk about chat GPT, for example, mm. um, whether it's sentient or not, I got caught out the other day and realized immediately whether it, it, it had some kind of moral compass to, you know, already. And I don't know whether it was the guys behind it, putting parameters and whatnot, but it, mm-hmm. it just, it, I'll tell you what happened. I asked it to put a pitch together. And then I wasn't satisfied with that pitch. So I re-asked it based on the information I gave it above. Can you put something together that's a little bit more catchy? And then it got me thinking, oh, hang a second. If you can be a bit more catchy, maybe you can tap into the human chemistry a bit and uh, manipulate someone's decision making. Mm. Can you persuade someone and put something that's persuasive together? Uh, and I think it was about getting into a business, getting past the front line of, uh, you know, emails and getting straight to the person I need to speak to. <laughs> right. And it come back and gave me a right telling. <laughs> it was like, these companies have these frontline uh, systems in place to prevent any people, including spam, getting through. It gave me this whole spiel. And I was like, so are you going to do it for me or not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just answer no. the question. <laughs> Can you yeah. do it or not? Yeah. Basically, no. Yeah. I was like, all right, okay. So there are some limitations. <laughs> there are. And and again, I mean, it would, what I'd be fascinated to see is the database of questions it's been asked by humanity across the world, because that would actually be the interesting thing to, to, to just tap into or how many people are asking it to find a a shortcut or to do this or to do that and where 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 that moral compass comes from because it has to come from people at the moment it doesn't come from yeah, it, it's moment. learning but it's coming from the programmers 
but it is uh, it's fa- it would be fascinating to see what people are asking of it and a load of the online marketers are already you know you can buy a course on how to leverage uh, ai in your business you can buy a course that gives you a recipe book of all of the prompts and operators that you can use to get it to generate a year's worth of content within 30 mm. seconds etc cetera, etc cetera. and they're already out there you know people are selling that and people are buying it you know, we're gullible people are buying into it as a shortcut but i would be fascinated to see some of the the more interesting questions that are being asked of it and and more importantly what it's being allowed to send as a response to those questions yeah that's that's pretty technical that's the 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 stuff that goes into that is mind-blowing on on how it decides in those milliseconds what to throw back at you i mean I like the fact that you're interested to see what kind of questions it goes that, that have been plugged into it and the data set that it has, that it's machine learned over however long it's, it's, it's done that for to, to come back with a response. And it very much reminded me of my, my theory with how long AI has been around for, and I've had conversations with this in the past, but I, I think it's been around for as long as the internet came alive. Uh, I say came alive and uh, no pun, but mm-hmm. when Google first came online and as a search engine and you start typing in, you know, where can I find this? Where can I find that? They're essentially their questions, but then that evolves into the type of questions and things that get asked into the search engine like Google, even this far ahead to today. It's the same thing, right? You're still typing in a question into a task bar or a search bar. And that just made my mind tweak that Google itself is essentially AI or has been since the beginning. Again, only theory, but it would make sense. Yeah. Um, well, and the types of machine, questions that have gone into that. It's definitely machine learning because now you can see that evolution whereby when you type something in now, it repopulates. Mm. It knows what you, or it thinks you, it knows what you are going to ask for, especially based on all of the data that you've given it. I used to use this example is that you type in to the, to the, um, to the search engine, um, Taj Mahal, uh, for example, and depending on what you're looking for, you could be looking for the Taj Mahal in India. You could be looking for the Taj Mahal hotel in Las Vegas, or Mm. you could be looking for the Taj Mahal Indian takeaway that you go to every Friday night. And depending on when you are searching, Google's going, oh, it's Friday. He needs the takeaway. And that would yeah. be the number one result in your what you're coming up. And so it's learning your your patterns. It's taking all this information. It's processing it. And it's learning what you as the user are expecting of it. And it is also processing the billions and billions of questions it's asked every single day to say, well, if I'm typing in, how do I fix a carburetor on a and then it goes well. How many how many vehicles have got a carburetor? What could it be? What's he what's he searched up for before? Oh, he's for a BMW 1960. And then you go, oh yeah, that was what I was looking for. And mm. we don't we just think, well, that's of course that's what I'm looking for, and it should know what I'm looking for, and it does because of the amount of data that we've already put into it ourselves, but then also as you know society. So where do you think? Um... Where do you think AI is going to next with what we've already seen? Have you have you researched into this? Have you seen any hints? Have you got any inside scoop? Or where do you think it's going? I haven't, to be honest. I'm very much of the live in the now kind of approach to what's happening because it's all going to happen very, very quickly. And uh, I'm not in any kind of position to 
influence that. So I'm going to be a consumer of it. <laughs> um, and I'm always interested to see what's coming next. But I think that the advantages of it are that it will start to remove some of the more mundane, administratively heavy tasks, jobs, things that need doing from humanity. And people will say, well, is that a good thing? Because actually, maybe it's a good thing that we have to do some of these things ourselves, because there's learning to be gained from that. And I agree to a certain extent, but it's also that when you even, let's say, um, you know, automated uh, self-driving trucks, and they're coming, you know, Elon Musk has revealed the first ones that are going to come, and there's all these truckers everywhere saying, this is this is unfair, it's going to take our jobs. And yeah, it is. But we've also known that for the last five, six years. And so oh, even more, there's always more, been a threat yeah. there of jobs being lost because of automation. Yeah. And it would, for me, I don't know enough about it, but I always think, well, is it safer for a computer to drive that truck for 24 hours straight because it can, whereas we, we can't, well, we could, but we'd be struggling and we'd be taking all sorts to try and keep ourselves awake. And there's an inherent danger with that and a human being being in charge of an 18 wheeler road train and plowing down through, through a, you know, a road and, and nodding off and, and how dangerous that can be. And, and that we could take that danger away from that mm. particular situation. Again, it's a tiny, tiny well, little situation no, in the grand scheme of thing. There'll be no danger there at all though, would there? Cause imagine a highway full of automated uh, trucks self-driving themselves and there was a crash, like who's going to die. Yeah the, the so, computer no nobody yeah. would and and that and let's say that they were sentient at that point well then you could just download it into a new truck because it's it's there and and there's sure so the many ai will have a, a, yeah the, the ai will have something to say about that <laughs> that's <laughs> <Exactly>. not fair <laughs> it's not fair i don't want to be this kind of truck but it, it could be that, that it just there's so many situations where again thinking about our evolution is that do we do we need human beings sat on a conveyor belt where one person does this and one person does that. And yes, I understand that that's employing people, but could we as a society employ them doing something else Absolutely. that would, you know, would not be quite so mind numbingly boring for them. And people say, yeah, but they don't have the skills. Like, yeah. Okay. Again, we know that this is happening. So can we upskill? Can we retrain? Can we well, do that's this just now? the thing. Now we freed up so much of time. Like the, the, the argument is like people don't like change and it always comes mm. down to that change. You're set in your ways. You've got your set of skills that you learned in your younger years and, and you're comfortable now. You don't want to do anything different. But if this automation gives us that available time, that free time to, to learn new things, why not? So for example, mm. with the truckers, um, now, I don't want loads of hate mail coming through from loads of truckers now, but at the end of the day, if all the trucks are now automated, that frees them up to go and do something, something else. else. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to say, but, uh, I've changed my skill set a lot over the years, uh, to, to adapt, but also to explore other markets to see if I'm better suited, uh, somewhere yeah. else. But not, not everybody thinks that way. And this is why I'm very cognizant of that in terms of some of the things that I, I say and, and my, outward perception of the world because as you said there's some people that even given the opportunity that it, it's not looked upon as a positive one so well i don't mm. want to learn something new i don't want to travel around the world i don't want to go and do all of these things i want to drive my truck from a to b and b to a like i've done for the last 40 years and again it is kind of there's a part of me that says yeah that's not fair because 
why why should that be taken away from you in in the the name of progress apparently uh, and i don't have an answer for that again my my outward perception is that well maybe there is an opportunity knowing what's coming to retrain you you know that the the trucks are not going to be available and you know i'm a big petrol head and i'm also worried about the fact that the v8 and all of these pet you know combustion engines are going to be phased out one way or another and that by the time i'm able to afford my dream car it's going to be a, a you know a museum piece that you're not allowed to start anymore because it'd be so detrimental to the environment yeah. um is that that these things are happening and, and this change is happening and it's a case of well i have to think about maybe if i know that this is happening and as much as i don't like this change it's going to happen and this is almost what i have to say to parents when it comes to using technology you might not want your children on an ipad on tiktok and snapchat and instagram but it's going to happen at some point ideally not when they're young young kids but it's going to happen they, they, that's yeah. where their social life that's their their world knowing that can we embrace it and find ways to embrace the technology if i'm that trucker can i do something or can i reach out to people to help me um make that switch in my mind that says you know what it's happening and if i sit here and i bitch about it and complain about it when it happens i'm still going to be sat here and in a really yeah. bad situation or can I get some help to help me be able to accept that this is an opportunity and see that there is an opportunity? You know what? Yes, the, I'm not going to physically be able to drive this truck, but guess what? Those trucks are still going to need to be programmed. So can I reskill as a programmer where I have all of this experience and knowledge of how these trucks and what they need to do and how this works and how the logistics industry works and what can and can't be done? Or And then I look at it and go, oh, wow, that thing that used to take me 45 minutes turning this thing around in this that if i program it to do it, it can do it in three seconds and yeah. it does it and it saves money it can go back and you know all of these iterations suddenly start happening if we allow ourselves to accept the yeah, opportunity get outside that's there outside your comfort zones i mean to put it bluntly stop being so lazy don't be so lazy get outside your comfort zones and learn something new as harsh as that sounds i mean it's easier said than done but if the moment, like you said, the moment you learn to accept it is the moment you can understand and accept the change a bit more. And just going back to you saying you're a petrol head, that reminded me of the movie, I think it was called Demolition Man with mm -hmm. uh, Sylvester Stallone, where he breaks into yeah. the museum and takes that red muscle car <laughs> when yeah. all the other cars are electric and flying around. Yeah. <laughs> you reminded exactly. me of him then. <laughs> that, would be, be that would be me, yeah. But it is, and this is, it's, it's happening. Um, and I don't like it. But it's also every time I see, you know, a Tesla or a Polestar or any other one driving by, I'm like, that's incredible. You know, I might not yeah. like it, but it's incredible. And it is amazing because we're still at the beginning of that too. And I always, you know, we'll stick with the film analogies, but I always find it amusing now that, you know, Back to the Future, when they go to the future, was 2015. That was Mental. the future yeah. that they went to. And, yeah. and now you look at where we are in 2023 and you kind of think, yeah, well, they they made the hoverboard. They made those those uh, self uh, self tying um, trainers, yeah. yeah. And uh, they they're, they're talking about these different forms of 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 power and fission and fusion power and nuclear. And you think, yeah, this there's some really interesting things happening, and and they are happening really fast. And I know, sort of harping on about it, and they're going to happen whether we like it or not. And so it's a decision for us to say, right, well. I know it's going to happen. So what am I going to do about that? Because as much as I can stand outside and I can protest against it, say it's not fair and I can talk to my friends about it, it's still going to happen. Um, in my opinion, even with a mass uprising of people to say, we don't want it to happen. It's still going to happen in some 
some iteration and uh, and is there a way that we can maybe look at how we could embrace that from a positive perspective or come up with enough arguments for you know the lay person like me to say oh yeah i'm, I'm a bit of an idiot <laughs> i'm thinking it's going to happen but it doesn't have to and we could mm. do certain things another way but i i don't see um that much evidence of that happening really and and i see more people especially the next generation of of millennials and generation z and generation alpha they're digital natives and they want it to be a digital world they want to use ai as their assistant or to, to streamline certain things so they can then use their brain for some of the more um innovative ideas and concepts to come up with and say well actually we could do that now because we've got ai that could take on half of the the stuff that yeah. wasn't feasible before but now perhaps so perhaps reconnecting with nature again i mean go out get a farm if you really want to be away from it go off grid actually having said that that's that's and this is where we get into the dark side of it uh because i'm looking into going off grid and making a sustainable eco resort and stuff like that and uh, the more i see this news coming out about these uh chemical spills and explosions mm. and all that kind of stuff and destroying the environment well so on on that note what what do you think i mean the, the other potential risks what do you think about it potentially allowing more centralized control I'll give an example. When you were talking about the Tesla cars, uh, you know, self-driving cars, and they all are connected to a network at some capacity, even at the moment for safety. But later on, when all vehicles on the road are electric, self-driving and networked, that gives someone somewhere, you know, access to a switch that could just be like, okay, well, you're Nobody's social. going anywhere. Yeah, well, it, it even individualized like your social, your social credit scoring system, like they've got in China. You, you know, you're a bad person here or there, so we're not letting you drive your car. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I again, I would, I'd want to believe in the uh, the more positive side of of humanity and society, but I'm also fully aware that I'm sure that that's on somebody's agenda that yeah we need to push people into these smart cities where they don't have to go anywhere so we don't need those cars and if they do have those cars they're going to be electric so if at any point nobody can move we'll just turn it off today you're not allowed out there's no no other reasons today you're not allowed out and you can't go out because your car's off well i want to go out it's tough and now your, your door's locked and you can't yeah. get out because it's an electronic door and yeah but it's tied to my iris or my facial idea or whatever yeah i guess what we control that as well and yeah there's there's definitely an element of it and, and again some of the stuff that's been happening over the last couple of years with you know the pandemic and people talking about this that and the other and you think is it feasible that that's what people are looking for um the powers that be that you know with this idea of smart cities where nobody has to go more than a couple of meters he wouldn't need a car and it's mm. is that really well it's not a smart city it's a prison you, yeah you know, that's how we we manage population control we we'll go down the rabbit hole on this yeah <laughs> but, there are pros it, and cons to it all isn't there i mean some would yeah. say that we we're you know we don't need a smart city to be in prison we've been we've been in prison long enough uh as it is so there are pros pros and cons to it uh, what really gets me and and raises a question in my mind is the the amount of content I've watched about with Elon Musk and the warnings and red flags that he has highlighted so vividly about AI and the fact that we need to watch out and you know the dangers of it and and yet he's an advocate. For yeah, it he's pushing it. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, yeah, and he's already, and he's got he's. I don't know what the the latest was, but that the you know the, the the chip he 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 wants to get the neurological chip in there. He's he's at 
pretty far down that process where they're yeah. testing legitimately. And you think, yeah, that is it hiding in plain sight? He's like, this is what's going to happen. And by the way, I'm going to make it happen. But I told you it was going to happen. And yeah. so everyone can't sit there and say, oh, we, well, how, how did that happen? He's like, I've been telling you for the last 10 years this is what yeah. I'm doing. And you've all been I've, going, yeah, Because yeah, I've been yeah, telling yeah. you, you've allowed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's your it's your fault, viewers and listeners at home. You've allowed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gaslighting to the extreme. Like You, yeah. you let this happen. Like, what? Oh, yeah. But, we don't I mean, stand a I, chance. We 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 don't stand a chance up against those kind of powers. So it's it's almost like eh, just let it happen, sit back. Well, I mean, there's the masses. There's there's the, the radical thinkers, and then there's the masses. And again, I put myself in with the masses. That yes, I can see certain things. I don't necessarily think I can have any control on it. But I also think, well, if that's the case, how can I make the best use of this? situation yeah. is that yeah. this technology is going to come it's going to streamline some of the more mundane administrative elements of my life as a human being of my business um okay great how, how do i leverage that and if it is to free up more time and this is what it comes down to fundamentally and again this is going to garner some hate for some people the world is going to be divided further into those that have and those that have not and for yeah. me personally, it's trying to make sure that myself and my family are on the haves so that when I have this time freed up by AI is that, you know what, I think I've finally got to the point where I can have my garage and do woodworking and I can make things yeah. out of wood or fake wood or genetically modified wood that comes out of a laboratory but allows me to waste as much of it because I'm not cutting down trees and it's not whatever scenario that is, is where I'm in charge of my time because the technology is allowing us to do other things. Um then that's a positive thing because that's actually what I'm working towards anyway. And a lot of people yeah. are that the time to do something that they genuinely love and that they're also feeding their family and keeping the roof over their head and, you know, making their contribution to society at the same time. And I see yeah. that there's lots of positives from the technology that will allow us to get there faster. Yeah, we've got, you've got to hang on to that. I mean, you've got to develop some positivity from it or mm -hmm. most because otherwise every day is just going to be dreary, not wanting to get out of bed, future holds, nothing but misery, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. and you that's know, not there a great are many place to be. No, it's definitely not. I think we've all been there at some point uh, and it's not, play, not, not a place that you want to be. But um, looking towards the future and essentially what you're saying, having prospects and prepping making sure that you well first of all starting for with acceptance uh, and understanding that the future is coming and uh, and to be ready for it in some capacity to some degree i got another question for you about what you're currently doing with beat the cyberbully mm -hmm. and your methodology with students and your understanding of students on, on the current technology with, you know, with the birth of the internet and smart devices and how younger, the younger generation are, are using those um, a lot more than what the older generation has an understanding of. And so, so, so you know that better than anyone I know. What are the younger generations using AI for that you understand? And what potential dangers are there with it that you'll see yourself teaching them under Be the Cyberbully in the future? Yeah. So I kind of alluded to that at the beginning because I've seen and heard in the schools already that there are a lot of school aged people using ChatGBT to write their essays to do that <laughs> pretty much. Um, Good and, uh, and again, yeah, they're, they're using it to, to, 
to to do that work for them. And this is just taking it a step further to, I'm sure many people have seen that there was a video of a kid, I don't know, maybe a year ago, two years ago, I think it was probably two years ago, whilst we were all locked down, who was doing his homework and he was his mum was videoing him from behind because he was sat in the living room and he's going, hey, Alexa, what's 32 times 55? And it would spit out the answer. So he was using that to do his maths homework because he wasn't figuring out, he was just asking Alexa for the answers to all his uh, homework. Now students are taking it to the next level because there's a new tool available. So they just going to say, hey, uh, chat GPT, write me a 450 word essay on the impact of uh, sustainable or non-sustainable GMOs in the hierarchy of society and off it goes and print kicks it out and they mm. copy and paste it and stick it into to their report and, and submit it but that also comes back to this idea now there's the technology that will also get that a big f when it comes to your grades uh, from the teachers and say look you didn't do that you, you asked the technology to do it and actually uh, what was asked of you was to interpret that data and that's where i think there's a huge huge difference because some of those students that are really forging the way forwards in um, their own educational careers are using ChatGPT. Don't get me wrong, they're using it, but they're asking it to give them data or information that they're then taking and, and putting their spin on it. Saying, well, you know, as a 15-year-old in this world, based on the information that's available to me, this is what I think. And those guys are doing some really cool stuff because they're also coming up with these solutions to the problems that, you know, our generation have created and we can't yeah. fix them. And they're going to fix them because they can come up with a digital solution uh, where yeah. we can't because we look at the technology and go, oh, how is it going to do that? And we shouldn't Whereas be rejecting at... that, right? Like a teacher's no? stand, stand in that would be, that's naughty, you shouldn't do that. But then on the other hand, it's almost like gamers. Like you, you've heard the story with, with kids that sit there on the video games. You're not going to make a career out of that. You're not going to make money. You're not going to get anywhere in life. This is coming from the parents. And then all of a sudden, you know, five years later, after they finish school, they're a YouTuber doing gaming and they've made millions. <laughs> Have some <Yeah>. of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you know, success is the best form of, of revenge, right? And, yeah. and some kids are taking that and saying, look, I told you, um, yeah. and good for them. Uh, but I think it's also on mums and dads to be able to say, yeah, we need to, uh, we can't just dismiss that as not possible anymore. 20 years ago, sure. You know, there were the, those that were super successful were few and far between. But now there are more and more people making a living from esports, professional esports teams, from YouTube. You know, YouTube can I just stop you there? Because this backs up. This backs up your you what you were saying earlier about opportunities. The more technology, mm -hmm. there are clearly more opportunities, right? More yeah. people are making more money. Younger people are making more money because obviously there are more opportunities there because of technology, yeah. which they can see that we can't. Because we, yeah. we, we don't look at it like that. When we look at the technology, we see this rectangular box. When they look at the technology, they see a streaming matrix like in your background and they mm. see all of these opportunities like, oh, I could make it do this or I could do, oh, if that. And, and again, I look at it and go, how did you come up with that? Uh, all I yeah. see is a box. You see a million opportunities. And I think that's where the, the, that's the important thing for the future is that as as teachers whether whether you're a teacher or not but as adults and and teaching the young people if you have kids you you have to embrace their world to talk about these things because it's happening and then if we do embrace that and allow them to see the opportunity then our children and, and uh, the, the next generations of millennials zeds and alphas are going to come and make some incredible changes to this world um, and come up with some amazing solutions to problems that we have had around for, for so long that we've almost just accepted, well, that's it. That's our lot. And then in five years time, some bright spark, 15, 12 years old is going to come out and say, I fixed it. 
and we'll look at it and go, huh, he has. Yeah. He's, he's come up with a solution to that problem. And we could never do that because we it's very difficult to fix the problem with the same mind that created the problem. Because therein lies the difficulty. Because if we fit created this problem with our mindset it's very very difficult to come up with a solution we'll need somebody a third party and an external yeah you know, a third party to look at it and go well why don't you just do this and then yeah so everyone will go well, of course yeah yeah there it is penny drops yeah. so what do you think i mean you've highlighted the the cheating essentially cheating and cutting corners and shortcuts using chat gpt with students doing their essays and stuff what do you think stands the biggest risk or the the biggest uh, danger for the younger generation with uh, with ai developing as it is i mean a little bit of foresight into the future here if, if we can i think that the biggest issue that young people are going to face is that they are still being taught uh, from a playbook that's out of date that's the actual biggest risk is that the children are going to be ahead of the teacher when it comes to knowledge of AI and understanding and still be regurgitating useless information that's not necessary. That that's my real fundamental risk and worry is that my I've got, you know, young children that they're going to go into an education system that doesn't equip them for the world. Uh, and and that's that's the biggest risk to the next generation. We need to adapt quickly and allow ourselves to understand that we don't know enough about it and also we need to change the way that the education system works because i i stand at the front of the room and i talk to 400 students as an old person from an old person's perspective trying to help them navigate a young person's world and it's not lost on me that a lot of them still look at me and go it's interesting but you don't really get it you don't know what it's like to be 14 years old in today's world and they're absolutely right and mm. so it's it's about trying to um, adapt to their world. The other risk is not listening to them. Uh, and this even more so when it comes to beat the cyberbully is that they are in it right now. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 through to 17 year olds dealing with the pitfalls and opportunities of the digital space, the, the opportunities that AI offer, the next generation of Web 3.0 and NFTs and whatnot. You know, I've spoken to 12-year-olds who've minted their first NFTs and sold their first collection. And I'm thinking, <laughs> amazing, absolutely amazing. And he didn't learn that at school. And so it, it's one of those things where the risk is that we are still trying to force the wrong uh, tool. curriculum. Yeah, curriculum that it's yeah. it's not we haven't adapted it for the world that our children need it to be adapted for, and that's the biggest risk. And the reason we haven't done that is because we don't know enough about it, and we need them to feed into it. That's yeah. where we have to work towards. So it's almost like a, a brand of underwear. I mean, it's a funny one to throw in there. It just reminded me, uh, what was it called? For us, by us, FIBA, FIBA, for no FUBA. Fubu, for yeah. us by us fubu that was the one yeah it's almost yeah. the same scenario as that so the curriculum needs to be designed by kids for kids <laughs> how to about a certain that one? extent <laughs> to, to a certain extent yeah which pick anything oh god where are we going with this but to to, to this point i am literally having a conversation with a um a student who reached out and said can i can they be a uh intern with beat the cyber bully to or, or with all the digital stuff to, to learn and i kind of said oh, i'm not sure that i can and then we had a conversation and actually it dawned on me light bulb moment absolutely because this is my opportunity to get it from the horse's mouth they are going to tell me what 
14 and 15 year olds and 16 year olds are actually struggling with not what we as adults think they are struggling with she's going to give me an insight into what our children would like us as mums and dads aunties and uncles to actually know that that this is what we would need help with this is where we want mum and dad to pitch in and and be available to us and don't worry about all of this you know sensationalist stuff that we keep seeing these negative stories about because we know about them we get it we understand how to protect ourselves and we're not just saying that as 15 year olds with bravado we do what we really want help with is x y and z and nobody's paying any attention to that and if you then get that insight this is this you know for us by us kind of approach is that then as we listening to the children and the people who are suffering right now or see the opportunity and go oh okay well now as the adults in this situation whether we're entrepreneurs teachers mums dads uh, whatever our role is we can build what needs to be built with their input and, and that's really the only way that we can be able to to address any of these issues and i think that that's the key is listening to those that listening. are in it Absolutely. Yeah. But being better listeners and applying what we learn from their feedback into building a better younger generation and integrating with the technology that is coming. So having said that, I think it's a, a good note to, to end on. Um, yeah. Thanks, Barry, for coming on again. It's been a joy chatting to you about these kind of things. I know you try to stop me going into a dark place every now and again because <laughs> I love going there. <laughs> <laughs> well one, one of these days we, we need to go we do we need to do a deep dive and just let it let it record because there's some stuff that the more you talk about it you kind of go oh yeah, yeah i wish i'd have said that because, yeah but uh i've got to go on to another one anyway but we'll do it we'll do yes. it we'll, we'll get into these um uh, these conversations because i think that they're so expansive there's so much to be discussed and uh and, and i think also from your background with your your creative uh approach to life the videography um, the, the the photography it's a visual world that you occupy uh, and i'd like to reverse the the roles and get your input into how this this technology and technology in general is changing your your whole market space but also your outlook because it, it i, I think, do enjoy you know, those you, conspiracies <laughs> well exactly and that's that's where i want to get get a chat because i come out of them going huh, i wonder <laughs> Yeah, really you've got wonder. a very you got a very neutral mindset. I don't mean to influence <laughs> you there, but like uh, with your neutral mindset and the, the dark, deep rabbit hole that I can go down, there's some interesting conversations that we could have that listeners and viewers would have to take with a grain of salt for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so <having laughs> well, I look that, forward uh, to those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll keep it with this one's nice and short. So this this lays the path for 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 more episodes for us to come up again. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get more done. So if anyone that's listening, they've got any questions that wants to expand on this topic, please send in your questions and, and ideas and Barry and I will explore those. And if you are watching on YouTube or you're watching the video and you just want something for your listening pleasure, I'll put a link in the description to uh, Spotify or any other audio only link so you can listen when you're in the gym, in the car, on your way to work, whatever your listening pleasures are there. Uh, Yeah. So thanks again, Barry. And we'll cut it off there and I'll see you in the next episode. eh? Look forward to it. All right. Let's stop that recording.